0: Hey, hey! G'day one, g'day one, and g'day all. Welcome to another episode of Strange Days with Uncle South Osmond. Let's go a few little various topics. We'll kick it off, I think. Ah, uh, see what I got lined up here. Oh, bloody forgot his name. Anyway, we've got two 10-minute ones. The second one I know is about um, the new so-called reset currency and other issues that go around that. Neil Oliver, that's his name, just come to mind. So I've just got to set this up. Just take me a minute and we'll kick it off. go here jeez the old internet's I bloody um, thought I had all this lined up the internet's running a little bit slow you guys okay I'll just let it go forward a little bit so it doesn't stop and start it seems to be when I went back out of this room it restarted it okay that's looking good the is looking very, very good. Should be fine now. All right. Let's see where this one goes. Neil Oliver.
1: The badge of conspiracy theorist. of like a battle scar. It's been a couple of years, at least for me now. But to be a conspiracy theorist is to have been right all along, despite the efforts of the paid-for liars. And it's also to be demonstrably well ahead of the gullible still believing in smoke and mirrors. Conspiracy Theorist was first used by the CIA to shut down those who doubted the official line about the murder of John F. Kennedy, that fishy old tale about a lone shooter and a magic bullet, and then that lone shooter being shot by another lone shooter before he could talk. That was in the 1960s, and from then, the label Conspiracy Theorist worked for decades as the means to make thinking people too scared to speak when they smelt a rat. Let 2024 be the year of clearing out the rubbish, the trash, the long overdue year when the past or sell-by date labels, conspiracy theorists among them, are cast into the dustbin of history. Conspiracy theorist is hardly the only label used for ridiculing and so discouraging the truth. Over the last couple of years, those paid-for liars were churning them out like there was no tomorrow, Indeed, frightening people into thinking there would be no tomorrow unless they did as they were told was the whole point of the exercise. Granny killer, covidiot, denier. After conspiracy theorists, my own personal favourite is unvaxxed, still actually applied as though it were an insult. I sit here before you loud and proud as an unvaxxed conspiracy theorist, although I'll be honest and say, like many others, I worried about the consequences of outing myself as someone who had refused the jibby jab. Remember when to admit being unjabbed was not just to risk ridicule, but exile from society, inability to earn a living. What was I afraid of? For some of the time, I think I was actually afraid of being right, because what I came to think about those products as the months passed and the coercion to submit to them intensified kept me awake at night. But I know now that I've yet to meet anyone that regrets not letting that succession of pricks anywhere near them To this day, I don't know anyone personally who died of COVID, but I do know or knew too many people who have since and suddenly and unexpectedly died of something else or been diagnosed with life-changing chronic illness. Hardly a month goes by without my hearing about another heart attack, another stroke, another 20-something dropping dead when no-one had any reason to doubt they were in otherwise perfect health. Since January 2023 since January 2022, sorry, there have been more than 100,000 excess deaths in the UK, 30,000 more than the total of British civilians that died during the six years of World War II. What rational person resists uh, resists asking questions about a statistic like that? More and more serious people, scientists and physicians among them question whether COVID-19 even was a pandemic and suggest the deaths of the elderly during that time were at least in part on account of treatment meted out to them that was inappropriate, to say the least. All of this is in the public domain, and I say demands serious contemplation. Pfizer is being sued by the state of Texas for allegedly mis-selling its vaccine product there, wildly overstating its efficacy. The AstraZeneca product has long since been withdrawn and is routinely labelled defective, And yet Bill Gates, who has described vaccines as his best ever investment, is out and about promoting the use of products built upon the MRNA platform in livestock and arable crops that might be the food of billions of people. Having conspiratorial tendencies may actually be the best protection out there. More and more of us say the elephant in the room when it comes to a grown up conversation about all the unexpected dying is the suggestion of a temporal link between excess deaths and the rollout of the jabs A factor among all the rest and surely demanding of rational consideration is that excess dying in both 2022 and 2023 when hardly anyone died of COVID continued at over 9% after the rollout of the products marketed and frantically pushed by all and sundry as vaccines against the disease. Whatever those people are dying of, it isn't Covid. Pfizer have long since made clear they were never even asked to test if their product would stop transmission from person to person. And yet the apparent certainty of its stopping the spread to granny was preached as holy writ. It's no longer a sin to raise the subject, at least anywhere but in the House of Commons and in parliaments all around the West, obviously, And everywhere there are louder and louder calls for the once and for all withdrawal from the market of the various injectables. But still, most medical professionals are yet to voice any doubts or concerns of their own. How long must we wait to hear, at the very least, evidence of their curiosity about what happened and is happening? All that inexplicable dying and accelerating illness from tens of thousands of health professionals who actively promoted injections and who are in many cases still doing so. I make no apologies for still banging on about the jabs and the excess deaths, despite the ridicule it still draws in my direction. And I'll keep on banging on until every last drop of the truth is squeezed into the public domain. But my incredulity at the maintenance of conspiracy theorists as an insult goes much further than that. Right now we're being treated to the Epstein client list, a list that was maintained and jealously guarded by the world's most famous dead paedophile most famous apart maybe from jimmy savile honored by royalty and the state both like many people i don't for one minute accept that jeffrey epstein committed suicide to me no serious honest person could accept as much at face value swallowing the official line that outside his super secure cell his guards were asleep and the security cameras turned off just at the time when he managed to break his own neck by hanging from a knotted sheet while in a seated position, a feat not replicated before or since in any so-called soft hanging. And yet, surprise, surprise, to question the state narrative on that shaggy dog tail and the corruption it revealed was also to be a conspiracy theorist, maybe even a domestic terrorist, to use another label, currently being oversold by those with so much to lose. Now that conspiracy theory, which is to say talk of murder to silence a blackmailer, financed by people richer and more powerful than him, is openly discussed. Who knows what more might be revealed from that murky store? It's still borderline treasonous to question the legitimacy of the 2020 US election, and yet we have long known that the truth of the Hunter Biden laptop the honest and open revelation and discussion of which, at the time, might have affected that election in a way not beneficial to his dad, Joe, was determinedly suppressed by the media and the tech giants acting in concert. If that's not interfering with an election in favour of one side over another, I don't know what is. This time around, with the latest US election looming, the Democrat White House is striking from ballots the name of their biggest and most popular rival and even doing the same to what it considers renegade Democrat candidates, the US government may yet put Donald J. Trump in jail to try and thwart his return to the White House. Once the land of the free, now more and more commentators are describing the US as behaving increasingly like a banana republic. And yet, with a straight face, Hillary Clinton and the rest of US political royalty loudly declare they are acting to defend democracy itself. If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck and I say what's quacking in and around the White House now is a flock of shameless crooks as corrupt and dangerous to life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness as it gets. Of course, conspiracy theorist, granny killer, covidiot, covid denier, election denier, domestic terrorist and the rest are hardly the limit of the name calling. In an attempt to shut down questions about the war in Ukraine, anyone asking was automatically to be labelled a Putin apologist. Now a generation of Ukrainians lies cold in the clay. To be sickened by the slaughter of tens of thousands of people in Gaza, children and babies among them, is to be labelled an anti-Semite. Despite the fact Jewish people all over the world have joined the pleas for the killing to stop, it's not just bombs and bullets snuffing out lives in Gaza now, but man-made famine and its attendant pestilence, all four horsemen of the apocalypse. Are therefore abroad in that tortured scrap of land and yet the majority of the nations of the west cheer them ever onwards i've been called all the names it's virtually a right of passage on the road to accepting the obligation we have as members of the human race to voice doubt and ask questions about courses of action being adopted on our behalf by people we did or in our case didn't vote for here's the thing Exactly how long is the lag between the bandying about of conspiracy theorist and the application of more accurate labelling instead, being perhaps person who knew and said so despite the certainty of abuse? How long is it to be in future? Two years? Two months? Two days? Because it feels to me like the gap is closing faster and faster. So many state and corporate lies are exposed. Those of us paying attention already await the next lie. Cyber attack, war against Iran, whatever. We're stepping out into a new year. I'd like to hope it might be a year of change for the better. Away from state-sanctioned lies and towards truthful answers to questions from honest people. The US is not alone in contemplating an election this year. At least 40 countries around the world are doing likewise. We'll likely have one too. I said it was time to clear out the trash. And I mean
0: it. There we go. A little bit of Neil Oliver, eh? Don't play much of him on here, actually. This next one is All about the world, central bank digital central currencies.
2: Bank digital currencies. Or, um, executive order stage in the States. Or they're floating under the radar.
3: Every person that I come in contact with in the public, I ask them, do you know what a CBDC is or a central bank digital currency? And nobody knows. The central bank digital currency is basically what we have now, so it's fiat currency, but it's going to be entirely digital, which means absolutely in the control of the government and the central banks.
1: Such a system would give the state full access to the details of all transactions, as well as the ability to cut off an individual's money supply with the flick of a digital switch. The CEO of the Bank for International Settlements recently told the world that the great thing about central bank digital currency was that they could track every transaction.
4: We tend to establish the equivalence with cash, uh, and there is a huge difference there. Uh, For example, in cash, uh, we don't know, for example, who's using a $100 bill today. We don't know who is using a 1,000 peso bill today. A key difference with the CBDC is that Central Bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that expression of Central bank liability. And also, we will have the technology to enforce that.
5: What he just told you is if you're not allowed to buy chocolate, your money won't work to buy chocolate. If you're not allowed to go more than five kilometers from your home, your car or your money won't work more than five kilometers from your home. And that those rules can be dictated and controlled
3: at a phenomenally central level. Central bank digital currencies are programmable. So it essentially means that it's a much easier way to push um, agendas, political agendas. For example, the World Economic Forum is talking about um, implementing a, um, a carbon allowance. So every individual will be given a certain amount of carbon that they are allowed to emit into the atmosphere. With a central bank digital currency, this becomes far more efficient because with a click of a button, you literally just program the money. And so if for whatever reason you buy too many burgers, too many sausages one week, when you go to fill up your car, um, your, your money could be cancelled it could get declined simply because you um you use too much of your carbon allowance essentially or even if you go to um, buy a plane ticket it could get cancelled so it's much easier to push forward political agendas and political ideologies when you have money which is programmable with just a click of a button
0: it actually gives government pretty much total control over our lives because they can just press a button and close our bank accounts no they wouldn't do that now would they will think about it those canadian truckers They were legally and lawfully going about their business driving trucks, but legislation came in demanding that unless they'd been double-vaxxed, they couldn't continue in their cabins doing long-distance lorry driving. And they protested, and in the end, their bank accounts were closed down by the Canadian government.
5: Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau invoking emergency powers against the truckers who are protesting vaccine mandates. Banks can now freeze their personal accounts
3: if your truck... Is being used in these illegal blockades, your corporate accounts will be frozen. With a central bank digital currency, if you do not hold the correct opinion, if you are not a good citizen, then absolutely that money will, um, will be programmed to be used against you.
2: Our previous chancellor, now an elected prime
1: minister, Rishi Sunak is clearly a big fan. Central bank digital currencies could be a digital version of money, a bit like a digital banknote. It's all part of the wider story of digital innovation that has delivered benefits to millions around the world and in the UK.
6: What would the benefits be to the general public?
3: Ease of use, I think, would be the only benefit. Convenience. The convenience, and that's how they're going to sell it.
0: The arguments for it are clear it'll be quick easy cheap to transact there'll be no problems at all no loose change lying around there'll be lots and lots of arguments for it
3: but they won't tell you everything else they won't tell you how it will be programmed they won't tell you that it's a spy coin they won't tell you that they're trying to phase out cash and that they want to they want to track absolutely everything that you're doing The cons definitely um, outweigh any type of pros when it comes to, uh, you know, programming it for um, benefits and things like that, because the money can also expire. Not enough people talk about that during times of um, economic uncertainty. central banks like to print more money in order to stimulate the economy. But we could get to a point where instead of printing money, they say, well, you know, if you don't spend 10% of your savings in the next three months, then this money is going to expire simply because they need that money to change hands.
5: If I want to double taxes and just take it out of your account, no problem.
0: They can take your taxes out without you having to bother to pay. They can decide what comes to them first.
5: This is Richard Werner, the top academic scholar in the world on central banking.
1: Also, they never talk about the nature of this CBDC, what what is it actually going to look like? They never talk about that. Um, but I heard one European central banker tell me what it's going to look like. He saw it. He was invited to one of the old central banks in Europe that are very much promoting this. They showed him, and you know he's he's a top um, you know executive director of another central bank in Europe. And there's no reason to believe that he was telling me a story. And it was around this this large and would be implanted on the so that is the plan i had a friend nick rockefeller okay who's one of the rockefeller family and one of the things that we used to talk about was the ultimate plan of the banking industry what they wanted to accomplish the ultimate goal that these people have in mind is to create a one world government where everybody has an RFID chip implanted in them. All money is to be in those chips. There'll be no more cash. And this is getting me straight from Rockefeller himself. This is what they want to accomplish. And you become a slave. You become a serf. to These people, that's their goal. The goal of this manipulation, and has been for a very long time, is to get the world population to see as a good idea, or the only option in given circumstances, circumstances that are manipulated into place, the creation of a one-world government, a world central bank, which would administer all financial transactions on the planet, a world currency, which wouldn't be coins and notes, it would be merely an electronic cashless society, for which there are fundamental implications for freedom, and a microchipped population linked to a global computer, the latter of which sounds bizarre to many people on first hearing, yes. except that we are ridiculously close to it and the technology already exists. Tony Danner is standing at a new frontier in technology. No, the chip right? in his hand allows him to start his car,
4: open doors, log on to his computer, and buy snacks in the break room,
7: all with just a swipe of his hand. I scan it at the kiosk. He comes up on the kiosk. And then to finalize your payment, you'll put your RFID chip.
2: The most cutting-edge thing about Hannes Hörblad isn't the phone in his hand. It's the microchip actually in his hand. The tiny implant is steadily becoming a part of normal life in Sweden. Thousands already have microchip implants that they use in their daily lives, waving their hand to gain entrance to the gym, confirm their ID, or make payments.
5: What they're trying to do is take the financial system all digital. And we're trying to prevent that from happening because and I don't care whether it's a central bank digital currency or your visa card, once you have a hundred percent digital, then you can have central digital control.
1: Using cash is one of the things we can do to make sure the hurdle will be higher for the central planners to introduce the C B D C
5: use cash. Every day, if you can, if you can persuade 10 members of your friends and family to do the same and then persuade 10 members of their family or friends, and we spread this virally, there would be a revolution. We have the power individually to shift the entire state of affairs.
4: We have the power to stop this. The only way this can succeed is if people like you and people like me Sit on our ass, sit on the couch, don't get up, don't show up, and go along with it.
5: If you look at the global control grid, it is us. We, the people who are financing it, we are going to work and we are building it. We are spending money in it. We are supporting it. We are supporting the people who are leading it. And we have the power to stop because they are few and we are many. And if we just stop helping, they can't do it.
4: Everybody has power. Every single person, because when you get a whole bunch of people, even if they have a little bit of power each, and you put it all together, now they got a lot of power. Now they can make governments do what they want.
5: You think a snowflake is powerless until you realize enough of them get together, they can shut down New York City. There are millions and millions of people all over the world fighting. People are pushing back all over, all over, and it's very significant. The human race does not want to be controlled. Freedom has won every oh, time and every like time it looks hopeless. What just, they're trying just, to just do just is so against the, 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 the fundamental wisdom in the universe that they will fail. You have nothing to lose by fighting it all the way down to the wire every day because the alternative is something not only do you not want to live in it, but you do not want to, you do not want to arrive at the pearly gates and say that your soul accepted it.
0: Oh, thanks for the like there. Hey, welcome all. Um the next one here, I'll just have a look. This is a short one the about deodorants, it only the goes for one and a half
2: minutes. In fact all memory loss and dementia is caused by aluminum right now you may ask where does the aluminum comes from right now aluminum's come from the aluminum parts that you're cooking with but the main source of aluminum actually comes from deodorant that they have you utilizing every day you get up every day you put aluminum straight into your lymphatic system getting straight into your bloodstream and getting you sick causing memory loss now come and take a look at the ingredients on these deodorants that you're putting into your body active ingredients aluminum See that right there? Aluminum. Dove yeah, Care Active ingredients. In aluminum. Yeah. All the deodorants are laced with aluminum, alright? And that's what's caused memory loss but and I dementia because they're attacking you your brain you, and you're finding it's a the other
4: Again, it's not right yeah. right. yeah. This is the axe. Yeah. Axe
2: yeah. deodorant. Just look to the back. Active ingredients. Aluminum. Yeah, alright, so you yeah. see they're killing you every single way. Michimum, men, Michimum, whatever. Maybe it's maybe garbage. Yeah. Active ingredients. Aluminum, they're making you docile for pumping all these chemicals into your body. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, see no, Not you didn't say that's
0: on your neck, huh? No, much I can do about that. I've seen
8: it. They reversed them. Listen, y'all, listen, the Miami incident, right, or at the mall, I was watching one of the victims, and he said that it seemed like a portal opened up, and all of a sudden these beings just came through, so it got me thinking, well, where did they come from? Well, they had to come through a portal, so just for shiggles, I went to Google Earth, went to the mall, got the coordinates, flip flop the coordinates, put that in Google Earth, and just to see where it would take me, it took me to the center of Antarctica. Do y'all remember but what I was, was talking about, about, how there's an alien ready. civilization in Antarctica living under that ice? Do y'all remember that? Because if not, let me remind you. There's supposedly
2: an <laughs> alien
8: a race living it. in Antarctica. I and and if they there. were trying to go to this alien yeah. base in Antarctica, they swapped the coordinates and ended up at the fucking mall in Miami. I'm tripping. Go to Google, find the coordinates for the mall, reverse the coordinates, and it will take you to Antarctica. I shit you not.
0: Don't forget, down in there, too. In, um.
9: It's the injected that are dying. Bottom
0: um, of this. What it's
9: this a man named Grabenikov from Russia. Uh, Grabenikov mm-hmm. was kind of a a uh, non-conventional scientist. He was an entomologist, did a lot of work with uh, you know, bugs, entomology. And his favorite thing was to go out into the steppes of Russia and into the various outer hinterlands and camp out in the summers and uh, study his favorite subject. And on one of these expeditions, uh, he started seeing some weird effects. This, this is all explained in great detail on the AchilleNet site if you type in Grabenikoff and his flying box or uh, gravity platform. But anyhow, the, the result of this was to uh, show that there was a – he found a certain bug that didn't fly. It levitated. And this was uh, – he put this bug in, into a little – uh, vial or something, and he saw this vial jumping up off the lab table, jumping up and down. And of course, this is patently impossible based on any time of normal physics, so he got into this, and he found out that the, the bug wings themselves uh, were creating an anti-gravity phenomena under certain conditions. And of course, what we have here, if, if you analyze... I, I think I found a bug. Actually, actually, a beetle. And if you analyze this bug structure, you see a hexagonal pyramid structure array throughout the entire bottom wing of this bug. turns out that beetles have two wings. The top wing is, is called a wing cover, and what the beetle does is it lifts this wing cover up, and then it flips out its lower wings, or inner wings. Now, the, the bug cover protects the inner wings but when it gets excited or something it flips these other wings out and it it flaps these other wings and the other wings the inner wings flap a little and this beetle goes gyrating around they can't fly very good but they sure levitate great i guess and uh anyway he took a whole bunch of these bug wings and he glued them to like a venetia blind structure and he put it into into a little platform he built so they they were all it, these bug wings were all covered in here and he used the no, I, uh, I theorized he used the wing covers as well as the inner wing itself there's also a kind of a handlebar on this thing uh with some controls you can see a thing a little better here in detail uh the controls i think had to be manipulated continuously and probably vibrated to create the same action that the bug was doing There was also down at the base some kind of a yeah. lever which I suspect controlled the amount of go uh, lift he was getting out of this thing. Okay. Anyway, Grabennikov claimed that he could fly this thing or levitate it, and it would go around at a thousand, almost 1,000 miles an hour. Now you ask, how can that happen? You know. Well, he said that there, there was an energy field that built up around this thing due to this uh, gravity field building up in the platform. And by uh, this thing building up, it built out a force field that basically surrounded him and protected him from the local environment. So even though he was flying at 1,000 miles an hour, uh, you could go, uh, you know, you could be wearing your Sunday best suit and not get it flutter a bit at 1,000 miles an hour. (laughs) I'm not sure I'd want to stand on something going 1,000 miles an hour that's two feet square. But... uh, This, this picture here shows him sitting on the ground. And these pictures are much better if you get on the Net site. This is the platform with him on it about three to six feet above the ground because here's the shadow here down below. Now You could say this is all faked, but if you get into the other things that he did with uh, shape, they almost mirror the stuff that I discovered and it, it, it proves I guess that you know there's either two crazy people in the world or there's two people that have found the same discoveries. So I think that this is a valid phenomenon, and I'll show you why. Jeez. Next slide is a micrograph uh, that I took of a beetle inner wing. This is at a 100x. If you look closely at this thing, you can see rows of bumps all along the bottom of this wing, uh, and there's the Each row is staggered uh, from the next row uh, next to it. And this is all over the surface of the bottom of the wing. Now, I don't know of any aerodynamic surface that has bumps all over the bottom to help it fly better. If you blow this up to 430x, uh, you can start to see some of this microstructure of the uh, cells that form uh, where these bumps are. The next slide at uh, 970x, you start to see what these bumps that stick up are. They're uh, hairs look like hairs or uh, fibers that that grow out of the center of these hexagonal cells. And of course this harkens back to my basic shape power discovery is that each one of these, because of their uh, shape going down to a point, is creating a magnetic field. Remember a magnetic field is a rotating piece of vortex in
0: the ether. Uh There you go. There you go. The Bible is actually a manual. Christ consciousness, your God self.
6: When Moses crosses the Red Sea, this is actually the corpus colossal which connects the two heavens. The Bible is actually a manual in order for you to gain Christ consciousness, your God self. When Moses crosses the Red Sea, this is actually the Corpus callosum, which connects the two hemispheres of the
9: brain. Moses is moving from the logical, reasoning and materialistic five senses left side of the
6: brain to the right side which is to do with intuition, imagination, creativity and the right side is where your 90% of unity consciousness is. School is just programming to keep you in the left side of the brain to keep you thinking logically. The upper room where Jesus meets his 12 disciples is the brain. Because the 12 disciples are your 12 cranial nerves. The Ark of the Covenant, the two angels covering. The two angels are the two hemispheres in the brain, covering the pineal and pituitary gland, the most important glands in your body. Because your head is heaven, and they're showing you in the ancient photos. It's all an encoded story, people.
0: Mm, Deep digging. Deep-a-digger. Water. Be like water, my friends.
10: The stated mission of modern science is to dominate and control nature. It was born of the philosophies of Francis Bacon, who suggested we could learn to command nature in action, and of Rene Descartes, who wrote that mankind could become the masters and possessors of nature. This was science flipped on its head, because the previous scientific philosophy saw nature as a perfect creation of God to be observed and understood. Take, for instance, water. Without water, we would not exist. And so the true value is in understanding the nature of water so that we can flow with it, not control it. For over 20 years, Japanese scientist Dr. Masaru Emoto studied the groundbreaking science of how the molecular structure in water transforms when exposed to human words, thoughts, and sounds. Dr. Emoto would simply label a sample of water with different written words, such as love and gratitude or I hate you. He would then freeze the water samples and capture them as they crystallized with high-speed microscopic photography. The results were astonishing. The crystals formed from water exposed to the words love and gratitude were clear, attractive, and symmetrical. And the crystals formed from I hate you were distorted, asymmetrical, and opaque. Over and over again, water samples exposed to positive intention formed the hexagonal snowflake-like patterns indicative of structured water found in nature. And samples exposed to negative intention would lose its structure and mutate, which was also found to be true with samples of polluted water. Decades of repeated experiments have clearly shown that water is transformed when exposed to human word, thought, and sound. Dr. Emoto theorized that this is because water has consciousness. Russian studies have shown that water is imprinted by the energy of its environment and it retains memory from everything it comes in contact with, even when separated. During the discovery of the genome, Dr. Bruce Lipton was studying cellular behavior at Stanford University and discovered that our genes switch on or off based on their environment. Human beings are made of about 50 trillion cells and each cell is its own little creature that eats, digests, reproduces, and forms communities. Each individual cell is constantly reading the quality of its environment through its outer membrane skin. This includes stressful emotions sensed via chemicals in the bloodstream. And when we are stressed, negative, or fearful, then our cells will switch into their own version of fight-or-flight mode. They will stop the process of self-healing and begin the process of self-defense. And conversely, when we are feeling positive emotions, our cells will be switched into self-healing, and the body will thrive. Dr. Lipton's discoveries were ignored by modern science, who opted for drugs and surgery over love and happiness. This began the field of epigenetics and answered the question of nature versus nurture. Experiments have shown that a living creature will thrive on a genetic level when nurtured. Malignant tumor cells have been reversed, And many people claim to have cured themselves of all sorts of disease, including cancer, by shifting and maintaining their mental attitude into a positive one. Official science will predictably call this spontaneous remission, but it is well documented. The cell protects itself by its membrane, which has a coating of negatively charged sugar crystals in a suspension of water. Most people think of water as being very special because of its ease of existence in three different states, liquid, ice, and vapor. But the water in our body is not in any of these states. The water that makes up our cells is in the gel state. Science is now recognizing a fourth state of water, known as the gel state, or structured water. This fourth state is an electropolar state, whereas some of the water becomes a negatively charged gel. And the rest known as bulk water maintains a positive charge and remains more like a liquid this electro propulsion creates movement and kinetic energy this is how the blood is moved throughout our body the latest evidence shows that the blood is pumping the heart not the other way around and it's the gel state water that propels the blood to thrive this natural propulsion system requires a connection to the earth sunlight positive human connection and peace of mind. Your body is made up of over 50 trillion cells, and each one's health is dependent upon your own. Our happiness, or lack thereof, not only affects our health, it affects the health of everyone who enters our environment. So if you'd like to make the world a better place, then learn how to be happy. Greg Reese reporting.
0: Greg Reese reporting. Mushrooms... For protection, you can have reshi. For lungs, liver, kidney tonic, antiviral, neuroprotective. What about cordyceps? Good for the lungs. Energy boosts athletic performance. Curbs fatigue. Poria Good for the spleen the lungs, the kidney, it's a tonic, and a general immune health remedy. Turkey tail, anti-cancer, helps with chemotherapy recovery and curbs chronic fatigue. Lion's mane, good for the brain, lion's mane, good for the brain, that's an easy one to remember. Cognitive performance, memory, and nutrient dense. Agaricus lowers bad cholesterol, anti cancer. Sugar, sugar. Antioxidant, antiviral, anti inflammatory, and a detoxifier. Sort of like a poem. May take. may take is good for the spleen, the stomach tonic. Helps with also chemo recovery. Shitake. take, should take, should take, should take, should take, take, an antiviral, cardiotonic, and many many more properties. Next on my little list, Dr. Oz. Hey, how you going all? Welcome to the um, broadcast. There is no doubt about it. The old internet rune is running a little bit sluggish today, so things are just kicking in now with the round and round we go, the circle, and nobody knows where it's going to stop routine. So we're going to get rid of that one. This is an interesting one. This is what's going on over in England. Happy, happy, joy, joy times, eh? Just a big bunch of Islamophobes, are we? Well, have a listen to this.
2: That Islam and the Sharia is unstoppable in Europe.
6: Stoning for adultery, cutting off hands for stealing, death for renouncing Islam... This group of men is trying to enforce Sharia law in the UK. They've started a campaign to make certain areas of London and other cities Islamic law controlled zones, starting with Walthamstow, East London. Muslims will
2: be commanding good and forbidding London's
0: falling. Falling.
2: To the Muslim and non-Muslim community, ultimately we believe that Muslims can live together, trade according to the Sharia, resolve their problems according to the Sharia, and even police themselves to a large extent. Hopefully one day to have Islamic Emirates will have authority locally, security locally, and even provide
6: welfare locally. Chowdhury and his friends are flyposting parts of London with large Muslim populations. They want to ban drinking, gambling, and playing music, and they say they've got bands of young men ready to patrol and enforce Sharia law by any
7: means.
0: Gone are the good old days of old Rumpa Stomper, eh? Bring back the good old days, I say.
7: Call it male feminization whenever you're adding all these chemicals atrazine is the big one that's often studied it's a it's a herbicide it's the second most used herbicide in north america i don't know if you've heard of atrazine right yeah it's in the drinking water totally illegal in europe by the way. they don't even allow it in europe it's crazy and in, in america it's the second most used after glyphosate but they'll call it male feminization you give these animals atrazine exposures and they're equal exposures to a lot of americans and like for example uh if you have a frog and you've got him in 200 nanograms per deciliter of atrazine, 200, that male frog turns female. Now you've got a female frog. But it's not just atrazine because now you've got the plastic water bottles. Oh, and you've got all this fragrance of all these parabens rubbing it on your skin. Your skin is absorbing all this stuff. Oh, and now you've got like sunscreen chemicals, right? We haven't even talked about that, but oxybenzone in sunscreen, by far the most widely used chemical in sunscreen, that's an estrogen endocrine disruptor. It acts like estrogen in your body. And they did a study. After I published my book, they did a study with oxybenzone. And one application of sunscreen, just one, seven days later, it was above the government's safety limits in people's blood. And that's just an adult with one application of oxybenzone. And some people are putting on their kids like oh, yeah. five days a week. They're like, like, putting it on it their multiple face these, like personal care products that brag about like keeping your face protected from the sun. Look at that.
4: Isn't that disgusting? Look at this. When I saw this, I couldn't consciously go back to giving this to my family.
0: Hmm. Let's turn on the frog's guy.
4: I saw this floating around online, and it got me to thinking. You see, Irish farmers pressured to call up to 200,000 cows to meet climate goals. I've been seeing things like this all over the world. I've been seeing all of these headlines about governments trying to get rid of animals so that they can reach, quote, climate goals. Reminds me of this. In 1873, the American government killed 1.5 million buffalo in one year alone to starve Native Americans so that they could become more dependent on the American government. There's a lesson there. If you're willing to learn it, there is a lesson there. Be very careful when governments are trying to control food supplies. Be prepared for your family. Have some extra meat stored away. Learn how to hunt. Learn how to do the whole process of butchering an animal yourself if you have to. Have a garden. Start a garden. Start a greenhouse. Get some chickens. Provide eggs to your family through those chickens. Do things that are going to prepare you to be able to be self-sufficient. Learn those skills with your kids. Learn how to chop a tree down. Learn how to cut a fire. These are the powerful things that we could be doing right now to just make sure we are ready for a worst <laughs> <laughs> <on>, case. <laughs>
6: it
0: really good too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the shame went a bit quiet because I had a bloody bit of thing going on out there with the old dog. No trip. Attain has been away for a week and bloody tripping out. Ah, oh, good to see little man. Disgusting probably.
4: and Neanderthal. That is how witnesses describe a wild brawl that marred the end of a major motorsport festival in Canberra. Security guards traded punches with rowdy revellers in a brutal end to the popular summonats.
6: His high viz vest reads crowd safety. His actions anything but a security officer dishes out a punch to a punter before retreating to his pack. It doesn't end there. What appears to be the same officer captured here firing off a round of uppercuts before one hell of a hook. Oh! And again. Oh! And again. Oh! It's not a boxing event you are watching. It's the annual Summernats Car Festival in Canberra yesterday. Security guards versus revelers. Oh! The sound of screaming crowds fast drowning out any engines. This reveller ambushed by five security officers and dragged along the ground. Witnesses pulling out their mobile phones in disbelief. Security smashing into it. That's wrong, man. I got on video. Ten security on one guy. We had nowhere to go, so I had to go and run and stand on top of the table.
5: It was definitely an unsafe feeling, and especially when it's with the people that
6: aren't to be, you know, keeping you safe. The string of brawls out of control. I'm so, oh, f- I'm so. Until eventually, the officers involved are ushered out into a waiting van. Security company Red Dawn's Facebook shut down today. No response to our inquiries. While this statement from Summonats. We are conducting a full investigation into the incident with our private security contractor and the police. Once we know what happened, we can take action from an event management perspective and the police can take action. So far, no arrests have been made. Grace Fitzgibbon, 7 News.
0: Hmm. She's certainly slugging today, this old girl. The That's,
4: Australian military struggles with...
0: I'm recruit- uh, to shut it down, I reckon, after this one anyway. We've got a bit of excitement happening in the house and... Things are getting a little bit rowdy out there, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, this is um, the federal government considering foreign citizens for military recruitment.
1: recruitment and retention government is considering outsourcing to boost numbers. Foreign citizens could soon be permitted to serve in the ADF as part of the ambitious goal of adding 18 and a half
6: thousand uniformed personnel by 2040. Let's bring in today's talkers, Senior 9 News reporter and 4BC Weekend's host Peter Fegan in Brisbane and 3AW's Heidi Murphy in Melbourne. Good morning guys. Pete, first to you. We know China's influence is growing in the Pacific. Mm. Do you think this is a good move?
1: So if it is we've got athletes that, uh, that play under the or foreign athletes that play under the Australian flag why not have foreigners defend our country but of course there will be questions raised if, if it's a security risk but if you look
4: at our top brass
0: Oop, there she goes oh well this just nearly finished that one anyway it's our top- ADF
1: brass, Oop. I think that they're well in control. They're not going to make a silly decision. Obviously, they'll Oh, that worked out pretty judgmental.
0: good anyway. I was so, going to stop about the. Hour. have
1: Australians defend our country, and there's foreigners willing I'll to still do go. so. And, I mean, why not? I think it's a great idea. Uh,
0: obviously, Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's just going to ramble more and more onto that sort of detail, I guess. I'll just see if I've got a quick one to...
2: A common refrain you know, I hear uh, from people who are black-pilled or just that are beginning to see what the world is really like is, but what can I do? They feel like as a solitary voice that the risks, and, and there are tons of risks when, when it comes to speaking your mind in today's world, very real risks.
0: Okay. Let's take get this one out for nine minutes and um, we'll end the broadcast. All right. Some inspirational thoughts
2: that are increasing daily. They feel like these risks outweigh the benefits. They feel as if by speaking up, all they're going to do is invite personal attacks or, or in some cases even personal ruin. And for these people, it seems easier to just go with the flow and, and wait for either a, a savior to come and save them or a cataclysmic event to make it all come crashing down. And then when that happens, they can finally feel safe in, in speaking up, even though at that point it really won't do any good. Now, first I want to say... I understand these people, and I'm not here to berate them or, or tell them that their fears are unwarranted. They're not. But what I will say is they're underestimating the power of what one voice can have. I mean, for example, I'm just one voice, but that, but that's not even really the point. The point is that you're not the only one that just wants to go with the flow. You might not know it, but you're likely acquainted, maybe even closely or maybe even surrounded by people who feel the exact same way, but they're, they're feeling the same exact pressure as you do to publicly conform to the norm. And if you spoke out, that's all it would take for them to realize that they weren't as outnumbered as they thought they were, and it would give them the courage to speak out as well. And this isn't just me trying to give you a pep talk. This is established science. In the 1950s, Solomon Ash conducted conformity experiments at Swarthmore College in Pennsylvania. In the experiments, he would present a room full of test subjects with a card that had one line on the left and then three lines on the right. The line on the left would match the length of one of the lines on the right, on each card.
4: As you can see here, I have a number of cards, and on each card there are several lines. Your task is a very simple one. You're to look at the line on the left and determine which of the three lines on the right is equal to it in length.
2: He would tell his test subjects that the experiment was to determine how well people could judge the lengths of the lines. What he didn't tell them was that only one of the people in the room were actually test subjects. The others were all in on the experiment. They were actors. The experiment had nothing to do with the perception of the lines, at least not in the way that the real test subject thought. Ash's real experiment was to see if he could get the, the real test subject to choose the wrong line by having all the fake test subjects, the actors, incorrectly choose first. He wanted to see if people would go against the evidence that was literally right in front of them in order to agree with the rest of the group. And the results were actually pretty scary. Two. Two.
0: Two. <laughs> <laughs> the subject denies the evidence of his own eyes And yields to group influence Group influence, eh? well, Ash found subjects went along with the group On 37% of the
2: critical trials When the experiment was concluded Ash interviewed the participants And found that they incorrectly chose for different reasons Some he categorized as experiencing a distortion of perception Or a distortion of judgment This meant their ability to even perceive the length of the lines was affected simply because the input they were receiving from the people around them, the social input, was overriding their their eyes. Now think of it as a type of hypnosis or, or suggestion. They actually perceived the incorrect answer as the correct answer because the social pressure was more powerful than their ability to perceive reality. Or, they doubted their their perception, even though they knew it was wrong, they figured they had to be perceiving things incorrectly, so they outsourced the decision-making to the people around them. Think of how many people that applies to today. The media bombards the public with fictional social norms that in no way reflect reality, how <laughs> <Is> that- <laughs> the majority of the public loses the ability to perceive reality. A good example is how Americans grossly overestimate the number of gay people in America. Gallup did a study in 2011 that that showed exactly this. Americans polled, estimated on average, that 23% of the American population was gay, when the real number was 3.8%. That's a huge difference, and can easily be explained by this distortion of perception and judgment.
0: There are four of them and one of me? Uh, one. This subject's yielding is based on a distortion of his judgment. He genuinely believes that the group is correct.
2: Another category that conformed to the group was a category that chose, knowingly chose incorrectly. They knew their answer was wrong, but they still picked the wrong answer. This he called distortion of action. Two. Two.
4: Two. I know they're wrong, but why should
0: I make waves? Two. In this case, the subject knows he is right, but goes along to avoid the discomfort of disagreeing with the group. Here, the distortion is at the level
3: of his response. Two. Two. Two.
2: (laughs) They were giving the wrong answers because they just wanted to get along with the group. So as frightening as all of this is, why do I bring this up? Doesn't this just reinforce the idea that some people are just going to go along with the group anyway and, and speaking up doesn't matter? No. Because Ash performed a variation of the same experiment. In this variation, the fake participants would still choose an incorrect answer, but one of the fake participants would choose correctly. One. 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 <laughs> two,
0: one, two, with a partner yielding drops to only 5% of the critical trials compared to 37% without a partner.
2: This tiny change made a huge difference in the results. Just by adding one other person who gave the correct answer, the number of people who would conform to the group went all the way down to 5%. <laughs> Not only that, but in this variation, the real test subject experienced positive feelings towards the fake participant that was giving the the correct answers. That is the power that one voice has. By speaking truth in a room full of liars, you can drop the conformity rate all the way down to 5%, while at the same time, you're creating a bond with these people you're setting an example for it's important to keep speaking the truth because Ash found that these voices were so vital to breaking the conformity that if he removed that participant that was giving the correct answers halfway through the experiment the test subjects would go right back to conforming at a similar rate now think of how that plays into why they want to censor dissident voices they know They have this data. They know that if they remove our voices, the public at large will go right back to conforming to the group. Two. Uh, Two. That's why it's so important for all of us to speak out, whether it's at home, at work, with your friends. You can be that voice that gives the others the courage to stop conforming. Imagine the ripple effect it would have if everyone here watching this, everyone did exactly that. They might try, but they can't censor all of us. You can be that crack in the dam that makes it burst. So to answer your question, yes, there is something you can do. Now you know that one person can make a difference. In fact, it's vital that one person makes (laughs) a difference And it's just as vital that that person...
0: Rebellious. That person is you. You rebellious spirit, you.
2: I'm Devin Stack.
0: Well, I'm at the top.
2: Make sure you like and subscribe. Make sure you share.
0: I'm at the top. I could only go an hour on this one because I've got a visitor. So I'll be back on probably about in another hour. Thanks for joining me at the end there, old mate. I've got to go.